Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 37. I'm so excited. Today I just got my first pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. Not that anyone cares, but I'm really excited. (laughs) Anyways, today I'll be talking about the murder of Shane Moore. My sources for today's episode are Dateline, Season 29, Episode 44, titled Killer Roll, Heavy.com, KTVL.com, The Huffington Post, and The Cinemaholic. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in the show notes. This story is about an actress with many different personalities. She tried out her personalities on many different people, but was only able to fool people for so long. Aisling Tucker Moore-Reed, also known as Tucker Reed or Wynne Reed, was born on October 15, 1989. She had an interesting childhood. Her parents, Kelly Moore and Dan Reed, had a tense and tumultuous relationship. They divorced in 2000. They fought over custody of their three kids, but Kelly ended up winning. Dan tried to get it overturned because he believed that something would happen. Kelly was described as overbearing and intense. She was at one point an attorney but left to be a stay-at-home mom. Kelly eventually took the kids and moved to Southern Oregon to be closer to her parents. Tucker was described as a natural performer. She loved to act, wear her mother's costumes, and she always knew how to put on a show. In 2009, Tucker, her sister Larkin, and their mom Kelly co-authored two young adult books called Amber House and Never Was. The theme of the books is described as gothic horror, time travel, and alternative history. Tucker narrated the auto the audiobooks. In 2010, Tucker went to USC to study journalism, theater, and cinema. While she was attending school, she fell in love and moved in with her boyfriend. However, they broke up after two years together. A few weeks after their breakup, Tucker filed a lawsuit against her ex. She said he had sexually assaulted her at the beginning of their relationship. The suit was eventually dismissed, as was a lawsuit filed by the ex, in which he asked for $100,000 in damages. It's safe to say I don't think they ended on good terms. Tucker was also a blogger for websites such as exojane.com, The Huffington Post, and Cosmopolitan. Tucker, Wynn, Reed, whatever the fuck her name is, she was really talented and accomplished so much. However, her life was about to change forever. After she left USC in 2013, Tucker moved back to Oregon. On July 26, 2016, when the day of the incident took place, Tucker was arrested after her uncle Shane Moore was found dead at her grandmother's property in Applegate, Oregon. When Tucker was brought in for questioning, she said she had killed her uncle in self-defense after he tried to attack her mom, Kelly. Kelly was also questioned, and she had almost the same story as her daughter. She said Shane was upset because she called a realtor to appraise the property. Shane wasn't allowed in the house because of an order of protection against him. He had assaulted Tucker in 2015, or so they said. Kelly said Shane was threatening her and hitting her with the door as he tried to get inside the home. Kelly said she called for her daughter, who then grabbed a gun from the table and shot Shane. It seemed that the death was indeed self-defense, and Tucker was released on $200,000 bond just hours after being arrested. Tucker then disappeared and reinvented herself as Winreed, her pen name. She became the lead role in a horror film called From the Dark, which was created by a father-daughter duo. From the dark, they called it. It ends up being a movie about isolation. It's kind of a film about the human response to fear, I think. Yes. They said on the final day of casting, in came Winreed. She was hired and filming began at a 
chateau that was empty due to renovations. They said she was full of emotion, almost like she had been through something similar. One of the other actresses in the film, Meg, thought she recognized Wynne from her high school. Tucker, or Wynne, had been a popular member of Ashland High School Drama Department. Meg recalled Tucker as she was referred to as, as in high school, having a very present mother named Kelly. Kelly was always there for her daughter with hair and makeup products. Meg said she was 50-50 on whether or not it was Tucker. However, once Kelly showed up at, at set, she was positive it was her. And I saw that her relative had a bag full of hair and makeup stuff. Meg recognized her instantly. The relative was Kelly, Tucker's mom. And it just, it, it took me right back to high school seeing that. Wynn introduced Kelly as one of her relatives, but Kelly came in with hair and makeup products. Meg decided not to tell anyone, but someone else did. The whole cast and crew discovered that Wynn was really Tucker and that she was out on bail for murdering her uncle. While she was out on bail, Wynn also acted in a community theater production of a play called Himself and Nora. She came into the auditions cold, so it wasn't like somebody that we had seen a million times. The theater director, Susan Aversa Orego, said Wynn nailed that audition. She has a very lovely singing voice, and she did a really solid audition. Even though she was a really good actress, Wynn once again tried to control the production. When she didn't get her way, she would tell the cast and crew that her representative would come and speak to them. Her representative turned out to be Kelly, who she introduced as her aunt. Even though Wynn was demanding, she was really good. The writer of the play was asked to come see her perform. However, on the night he came to see it, Wynn called in and said she was in the hospital and couldn't perform. She then showed up right before the play started and said she could perform. She was told no, and she threw a fit. Even though she was good, Wynne once again tried to control the production. When she didn't get her way, she would tell the cast and crew that her representative would come and speak to them. Her representative turned out to be Kelly, who she introduced as her aunt. She was demanding she was really good. The writer of the play was asked to come see her perform. However, on the night he came to see it, Wynne called in and said she was in the hospital and couldn't perform. She then showed up right before the play started and said she could perform. She was told no and she threw a fit. She also threatened to call the police. Wynne was fired, and it was revealed that Wynne had accused many people of sexual and emotional harassment. They found out who she really was, eventually, as well as who Kelly was. Now, back to July 2016. The police discovered that an hour before he was shot, Shane called the police. Wynne had asked her grandmother if she could shoot a gun that she had found, and Shane found it threatening. An upset and frightened Shane called the sheriff to report he felt threatened. Which is why the detectives asked Kelly this next question. Was this a cold, calculated, planned out thing, or was this for the No, no, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you what people can assume. I just, am, not, 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 just such a, or such was this self-defense? Oh, you see what I'm saying? Kelly most assuredly did not. Just so absolutely... Because typical of my brother that he would call and and do this smarmy thing. It's so typical. He's going to terrorize us for nine months, and then he's going to call and whimper to the police that he's afraid when right. he's the one who's hurting us. Well, he obviously can't do that now. He's deceased. So. I know. I'm so glad he's dead. I a woman named Carla Thiber arrived at the property and was a witness to the murder. 
She was there to notarize a grant deed, which according to Wikipedia is for the sale or transfer of a property from one person or entity to another person or entity. Shane wanted to give half of the property to his sister and half to himself. However, Kelly believed Shane was trying to get the whole property for himself, which he had lived on for years for himself. Shane had one... Shane had once been an attorney as well, but he came addicted to drugs. He had also moved onto the property when their father became ill with ALS. Carla said when she arrived, she was met by three intense women, Kelly, Tucker, and her mother. She said Kelly grabbed the paper from her and ripped it up without looking through it. Carla said that Shane wasn't there at first, but did eventually walk up to the home. Carla said the gunshot came out of nowhere, but that the gun had been sitting on the table underneath a towel. Carla said she heard Shane yell, Quote, you shot me, end quote. Carla grabbed the, a phone to call 911, but that, but that Kelly told her not to. Carla eventually did get in contact with 911. Oh, okay. This is Jackson County 911 emergency. Yes, I need somebody out here right away, and I need an ambulance. Tell me what the emergency is. I didn't see anything. All I can tell you is a gun went off. Okay, listen to me. They're on their way. Are you not? Are you in danger? Yes. And she kept saying to me, get the phone to someone near the victim. She then left the property. She said she had to step over Shane, who is now dead. She said it was the hardest thing she ever had to do, but she couldn't go back into that home. In September 2018, Tucker's charges were upgraded to first and second degree manslaughter after the police and attorneys would discover that the whole incident was caught on camera and that it proved it wasn't self-defense. Tucker had recorded it herself. Shane needs to stay away from the property. Tucker puts the phone down, but picks it up again. 33 seconds later. Yes, this man, this man... He threatened this woman's life, my mother, unless she signed that paper. Unless okay. my mother signed it. This is up to you whether you sign it. Yeah, she's not okay, signing you a grant deed. She's not signing a grant deed. She's not, I thought, I was told it was an inheritance. She was told it was an inheritance, a will, an addendum what? to her will. That's the notary, Carla Triber, to the left of your screen. A will. This is a grant deed. You're not signing a grant deed, mother. No, I Do am you not understand what a grant deed is? Suddenly, Tucker cries out. He's coming into the house. Pick up the gun. But the video does not show Shane actually inside the house. Freeze the video and you can see Kelly's silhouette at the door. But Shane is not visible. You son of a bitch. She's not signing a grant deed. It's her property. And here, just for a moment, you can see the gun in Tucker's hand. Then, without warning, you hear it. She fires the gun. Yeah, if you if you told her, get out of Shane's friend Carlton, who sadly overdosed on drugs about a month after Shane died, said he heard a conversation between Tucker and Kelly after the shooting. He said he heard one of them, probably Tucker, say, quote, you said I could do it, end quote. Tucker also told the police that Kelly was yelling at Shane to die, which you can hear in the 911 call. Kelly, of course, denied it. Tucker was again arrested and held without bail. Kelly has never been charged in this case. In January 2019, Tucker requested a bail hearing. At her hearing, her own video was played. After the video was over, Tucker continued recording audio. Court also heard why Tucker hoped Shane's wound was fatal. Oh my God, he's 
Kelly also testified. She was asked if she knew that the paperwork from that day was going to be split, be for splitting the property 50-50. Kelly pauses and said no, she didn't know that. Kelly had told her mother that Shane was going to take the property away from her. However, Kelly again contradicts herself in her police interview when she said she knew that the deed was giving herself half and giving Shane half. Bail was denied and Tucker is heard bawling and screaming as she's let out of the room. No bail. No release. As the judge went on to explain her ruling, Tucker began to sob and hyperventilate. Ms. Reed, if you don't behave, I'm going to just have to remove you from the courtroom. So, please, please, please do. I can't. I'm just going to pass out. I'm going to throw up. After she was escorted from court, Tucker's screams could still be heard down the hallway. And if you want to put something in there about returning the security to those who posted bail for her, that would be fine too. Many people, especially the police, believe it was all an act. The trial was delayed over and over. Tucker was also in trouble once again in January 2020 when she was caught administering contraband and unlawfully possessing heroin in jail. The drug was found in her, ba- in her bunk during a search. On May 27, 2020, as Tucker pleaded guilty to second-degree manslaughter, she was sentenced to six years and three and a half months in prison. She is currently at Coffee Creek Correctional Facility in Wilsonville, Oregon. She could be paroled as early as November 2024. This case is crazy, as most are. I don't think I've ever covered a case quite like it, though. Tucker, Wynn, or whatever her name is, got off very easy. I at first believed it could have been self-defense until I saw and heard the video that Tucker recorded. She was heard yelling at her uncle and calling him names. Even her family was surprised by her shooting Shane. But they still maintain today that it was self-defense. I think Tucker is good at manipulating people, but she's also immature, which is why she reacts when things don't go her way. Each time she tried to be a new person or character, her true identity and old ways came to light. In my opinion, she deserves a lot longer than six years in prison. I think that everyone played their part in the family disagreements, but Shane didn't deserve to be killed. He wasn't attacking anyone when he was shot, but his character was questioned because he was seen as less than. Okay, no one judge me for this, but my book recommendation for this week is I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, Confessions of a Reality Show Villain by Courtney Robertson. Courtney Robertson joined season 16 of The Bachelor looking for love. A working model and newly single, Courtney fit the casting call. She was young, beautiful, and natural in front of the cameras. Although she may have been there for all the right reasons, as the season unfolded and sparks began to fly, something else was clear. She was not there to make friends. Courtney quickly became one of the biggest villains in Bachelor franchise history. She unapologetically pursued her man, steamrolled her competition, and broke the rules, including partaking in an illicit skinny dip that sealed her proposal. Now, after a very public breakup with her Bachelor, Ben Flagnick, Courtney opens up and tells her own story, from her first loves to her first moments in the limo. She dishes on life before, during, and after The Bachelor, including Ben's romantic proposal to her on a Swiss mountaintop and the tabloid frenzy that continued after the cameras stopped rolling. I picked this book because it's lighthearted and funny. Sometimes we just need a break from the true crime world. I don't really watch The Bachelor anymore, but this was probably one of my favorite seasons. Courtney was really bitchy, but she was really funny too. She always proved that she did have an emotional side, but just knew how to put on a front so that other people didn't see that side of her. I give this book a 9 out of 10. So please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram, rate, review, buy me a coffee. Anything really helps. I hope you guys enjoyed today's case. It was a doozy. But I hope that you'll be back next week when I come back with a brand new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.